Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mouth Sword Ministries. I'm your host, Timothy Aaron, and I'm joined with Rhonda Kay. And we're going to talk about Matthew chapter 24 today, uh, known as the Olivet Discourse, and talking about the end times. Uh, before we do that, we're going to open up in prayer. Dearly Father, we thank you for another day you've given us. Uh, we thank you for your mercy, your grace, your provisions. Uh, everything you've done for us, health and strength, uh, making sure we have a roof over our head, clothes on our back, food to eat. Uh, we just thank you for these things. You know, a lot of times we can take these things for granted, but these things are very important, and we thank you for it. Uh, we just ask that you open up our eyes and our ears to your word so that we can understand your word and so that we can live according to your word. Uh, these things we ask in the mighty, wonderful, precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, Matthew chapter 24. Uh, this is a very deep and uh, insightful chapter about the end times. So we're going to try to tackle this chapter. If we don't finish today, we'll do a part two. And if we don't finish part two, we do a part three. <laughs> but it's a lot to, to say about this chapter. So we're going we're gonna to go ahead and start with verse one. Matthew chapter 24, verse one. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, these, uh, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And, he, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? First question, and what shall be the sign of thy coming? Second question, and of the end of the world? Third question. So they asked Jesus three, three questions here. And uh, so in doing so, they didn't realize it, but they were really on to something. And uh, so this is turning out to be what is known as a double-ended prophecy here. You know, Jesus is going to uh, give us insight about the end times uh, in two ways. The end times as far as Jerusalem is concerned during that time, and he's given, going to give insight about the end time when he comes in his second coming. So he's going to be doing that throughout the chapter. And so uh, that's what we're going to try to tackle. Uh, verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. Now, he says this a lot throughout this chapter. He he warns uh, us not to be deceived, not to be deceived. Take heed that no man deceived you, deceives you because deception is the name of the game for the devil. The devil wants to deceive as many people as he possibly can, especially Christians. So Jesus is constantly warning and throughout this chapter about being deceived. He says from verse five, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. I am Christ. They're not they're not going to come and say, I am Jesus Christ. But they, he's what, they, what it's saying here is they're going to come and they're going to say, I am anointed like Christ. I got the Holy Ghost. I'm, I, I got the power of God. And and they're going to deceive many, but they're going to be lying. You know, they, they they're not. You know, sometimes. Um. A lot of false prophets, they, all, they know all they have to do is just talk a good game. 
You know, if they could talk a good game and and make sense of what they're saying and 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 put together the right phrases, they they can deceive people just that way alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Verse six, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So. This is sound like it's talking about our time right here. Yeah, I was about to say that. Mm-hmm. It seems like that's going on now. Yeah. Uh, for nations, verse 7, for nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And I'm going to stop right there and say something about that. Uh, for nations shall rise against nation. Um, you know, some people translate that to mean uh, ethnic groups. For ethnic groups shall rise against ethnic groups. And we are seeing that. A lot of racism, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of races r- rising against different races. We got that going on right now. And kingdoms against kingdoms. You know, nations are rising against nations. You know, we are seeing a lot of that going on right now with uh, <coughs> Ukraine and Russia. Yeah. And we see that the United States is, is trying to help Ukraine. And then we see that uh, China is trying to help Russia, and then maybe Iran is trying to help Russia too. So mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's some nations rising up against each other right now. Right. You know, but that's not the end. He says. So he said, but that's going to be a precursor of the end. <clears throat> he says, for nation shall rise. Verse seven: For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there should be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in many places, in diverse places. You know, that's going on right now. Going on right now. Mm-hmm. We just had a major earthquake in Turkey. Mm-hmm. I think killed over 50,000 people. Yeah, you we know? did. And in, and in Syria as well. And Syria has a war going on right now. It's been going on since 2011, a civil war. Mm-hmm. So all of these things and, and the earthquakes. And, and that word earthquake just means commotion in the weather. So it's not limited to earthquakes. It could be talking about tornadoes. It could be talking about hurricanes. You know, all of it, you know, about what's going on in California. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the, 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 the snow blizzards, mm-hmm. commotions in the weather, you know. Mm-hmm. So we see all of these things are happening. So this is like the the the, the precursor to, mm-hmm. you know, the, the end times. Because it's in what, diverse places. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, verse eight. And, they say, and then Jesus says, all these are the beginning of sorrows okay so right there he says all these are the beginning of sorrows now verse 9 verse 9 I believe is a transitional scripture in this passage because he says then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and shall and, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake I think verse nine is the introduction to the great tribulation. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the previous verses was not the great tribulation. That was the precursor. But now verse nine, I believe this is when the Antichrist is taking the throne, you know, and he's trying to run the world and Christianity is basically going to become outlawed during his time. And that's why Jesus says, you're going to be hated for my name's mm-hmm. sake. You know, <clears throat> we are already starting to see, some Christian businesses come under fire for not wanting to like make gay wedding cakes, you yeah. know, stuff like that. Yeah. So Christianity is already starting to see some of this mm-hmm. already, you know. And uh, so he's saying that uh, he says, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated 
of all nations for my name's sake. So I believe that's the beginning of the great tribulation, the last three and a half years right here. And then verse 10, it says, And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Okay? And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. You know, this is sound like the the Antichrist and the false prophet are doing their thing. People are hating one another. You know, it's it's lawlessness. It's it's a lot of evil-hearted people, you know, rising and and having their way. So this definitely sounds like the last three and a half years right here to me. That hasn't happened yet. Okay, we we haven't seen those days yet. <laughs> Thank God, but it's coming. So where are we at now? Verse 11, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Verse 12, and because iniquity, sin shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So he is saying right here that when this time comes, you know, lawlessness and sin is just going to be so strong that many, the, the love that many people were trying to walk in is not going to be no more. You know, the love of many is going to going to wax cold. People ain't going to walk in love. People are not going to, you know, care for their neighbor during this time period. They're just going to be out for themselves. You know, it's just going to be a very hard time. It's, uh, yeah, verse verse 12. Because iniquity shall abound, love many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. You know, so, you know, Christians are going to have to understand during this time period when the Great Tribulation is going on that they're going to have to have their A game. You know, they, they're going to have to have their priority straight. They're going to have to be walking with Christ. They're going to have to uh, understand to to be strong in the Lord and the power of his, of his might and all of these things. And uh, because it's going to be a very, very hard time for the saints. Very, very hard time. <clears throat> but he that endures until the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. And then so Jesus is saying the end will come then. You know, as times get more and more perilous, you know, and uh, the Antichrist and the false prophet are deceiving people and people are fainting and giving up and, and all of that, then then the end will come. And Jesus elaborates on that again uh, down in uh, in this very chapter in verse 29. But we're not going to go to verse 29 yet. We're going to keep reading. Uh, verse 15. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Now, he says a lot right here in verse 15. You know, he says, uh, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, he's talking about Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Daniel talks about the abomination of desolation. Uh, Jesus is um, <clears throat> going over like the very, very last part of the Great Tribulation here in these next few verses. Verses 15 
uh, on down to verse, I believe, 24. So he's going over the last part of the Great Tribulation. Now, um, another thing I want to say about verse 15 is he says, whoso readeth, let him understand. Now, I believe what Jesus is alluding to there is that he is given a double-ended prophecy. He wants you to understand that. He wants you to understand that he's going to be talking about two time periods. He's going to be talking about the time period in which he lives in, which the destruction of the temple is going to take place. Uh, what? If he's 33 years old, and, and um, history tells us that the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, that happened 37 years after he prophesied it would happen. Okay, so he's talking about that time period as well as the end times mm -hmm. to come. So he's given a double-ended prophecy, and that's what I believe he's saying here. Whoso readeth, let him understand. It says, Then let him which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. So Jesus is warning you when it gets to the very end. And that's probably how it was in, the, in his day just before uh, Rome. Uh, conquered Jerusalem you know uh, Rome felt like Jerusalem was getting out of hand Rome felt like uh, Jerusalem was uh, starting to rebel so in, in 70 AD Rome decided to, to uh, conquer and take over Jerusalem and uh, and uh, destroy it and that's what they did they destroyed the temple and just like Jesus said there was not one brick left upon another like the and that's what the history books teach you know it was it was demolished to the ground leveled you flattened you know so <clears throat> Jesus is uh, talking about that uh, as well as the end times okay and uh, but before all of that happened before Rome demolished uh, Jerusalem you know they started setting up camp and they started encampusing and circling the city and so Jesus was is saying back then, you know, to the to, to Jerusalem, when you see the armies of, of the Roman soldiers come and start circling the city, you need to run. You need to escape. You know, you can't you don't have time to waste. Once you see it, you need to flee. You know, if you waste any time, you're going to you're going to you're going to be caught and you're probably going to be killed. You know, is what he was letting them know. So the same thing is about the end times, I believe. Now, this was Jerusalem in 70 A.D. I believe uh, in the end times, it's going to be the Vatican. It's going to be Rome, Italy. You know, they're going to be uh, the ones that are going to be besieged. And a lot of people think it's going to be Jerusalem again, but I don't believe so. You know, Jesus said, standing in the holy place, once Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world, everything holy is about Jesus. Mm -hmm. So... I believe the end times is not going to be about Jerusalem like a lot of end time teachers teach. I believe it's going to be about Jesus and his church. And the capital of the church is the Vatican in Rome, Italy. So I believe that's where we're going to see a besieging again. It's going to be in Rome.
So when the when when the end times come, I believe if people that are living in Rome, Christians that are living in Rome, yeah, they they're gonna have to flee. They're gonna have to run and leave the city just like they had to back in seventy A.D. Okay, let me go ahead. Verse 17, let him that is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take any, any of his clothes. Verse 19, and woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye, verse 20, but pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Okay. Now, like I said, this is a double-ended prophecy. I believe the reason why he says uh, neither on the Sabbath day, because, again, he's talking to the Jews in Jerusalem, you know, for 70 A.D., because there was there going to be a lot of Jews back then that was still keeping the Sabbath. So, And uh, they had restrictions on how much, how far they can travel and all of that on the Sabbath day. So I believe that's what he was referring to there. <clears throat> For then shall be a great tribulation such as not was since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. We did a uh, podcast on, I believe it was the uh, fourth seal. Mm-hmm. No, the fourth trumpet. We did, and it was and it was talking about uh, a twenty-four hour day turning to a sixteen-hour day. You know, so that 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 could be what Jesus was alluding to there, how the days would be shortened. Uh, you know, the days would be going by so fast that you know a twenty-four hour day would actually be a sixteen-hour day at, mm-hmm. at some point, because a third of the sun would be smitten, a third of the moon would be smitten, and a third of the stars would fall from heaven. One third of 24 hours is eight hours, which will leave 16 hours. So that's where you get that from. Hmm. Verse 23, then if any man shall say unto you, lo, here's Christ, or there, believe it not. Now here, I believe uh, the Greek word is talking about actually Jesus. So he says there, if any man is saying to you, lo, here is Jesus, or there's Jesus, believe it not. He says, for there should be, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Now see, I believe that's why he's talking about the antichrist and the false prophet here, because mm-hmm. they're going to have power to do great things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the devil, the devil's going to be able to give them power to do great things, great signs and wonders. And, and people are going to be, you know, looking for something and they fall for it, you know, but Jesus is warning them, you know, don't fall for it. You know, if you're a Christian, you know, you know what to look for when it comes to Jesus. And that's mm-hmm. not going to be it. He's saying, Verse 25, behold, I have told you before, verse 26, wherefore, if they say, if they shall say unto you, behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers. Believe it not. Jesus is warning us because it's going to be a trap. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be a trap. Because what I'm thinking is during this time, when you read Revelations, like Revelation chapter 13, for example, the Great Tribulation, uh, the Antichrist and the False Prophet, they're going to be running the world and they're going to have a system. And in that system, you're going have to have to have the mark of the beast to where you can't buy or sell. You can't participate in society without having that mark. So what's going to happen is I believe a Christian societies around the world are going to have to go into retreat mode. They're going to have to have Christian camps and they're going to have to survive and, and probably camp in wilderness and groups like that around the world. And so um, the Antichrist is going to be trying to lure them out and get them to come out of hiding so that he can arrest them and maybe kill them. And Jesus is warning them here. You're going to hear that Christ is here. Christ is there. Don't believe it. Don't fall mm-hmm. for it. Don't come out of hiding. Mm-hmm. Stay in your hiding places, you know, until you see me for real. Because when you see me for real, you'll know it, you know. <clears throat> then he says, uh, uh, what verse are we at? Verse 26. 26 27. Uh, we, we go back to. Shit. 25 behold I have told you before wherefore if there shall say unto you behold he is in the desert go not forth mm-hmm. behold he is in the secret chamber believe it not right. now verse verse 27 is, is Jesus's answer to us in that time how are you going to recognize him he says for as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west so shall also the coming of the son of man be for for wheresoever the carcass is there will the eagles be gathered together now i'm explain 28 a little bit later but i want to talk about 27 it says for as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west so shall the coming of the son of man be when jesus cracks the sky it's going to be such a grand entrance you know, it's it's going to be a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It's going to be unmistakable, you know, that this is something big, probably something bigger than we've ever seen in our lifetime before to see him crack the sky with his army of angels on horses, you know, and and he uses the word lightning. And I believe he uses the word lightning because that's how he's going to be moving. He's going to appear and he's going to move. He's going to appear and he's going to move. He's going to, and because he's going to make his appearance around the world and people are going to see him all, you know, mm-hmm. everybody. And uh, what is it? Revelations chapter one, verse seven. John says every eye will see him, you know. And so Jesus is going to be moving fast. He's going to crack the sky. It's going to be such a great, a great entrance that it's going to be unmistakable so that's what jesus is warning us letting us know when he comes you're going to know it ain't nobody gonna have to tell you ain't nobody got to say hey jesus is in the desert or jesus is in the secret chamber or jesus ain't nobody got to tell you you know we're gonna see it for yourself so (laughs) and then he says for wheresoever the carcass is there will the eagles uh be gathered together that statement is Revelations chapter 19 uh, also uh, Luke chapter 17 where uh, the Bible talks about the second coming of Jesus Christ when Jesus comes back with the sword in his mouth mm-hmm. the name of our ministry yeah. our podcast mouth sword <laughs> he comes back with the sword in his mouth and he's going to execute judgment you know quickly and precisely and 
he's going to start uh, annihilating multitudes of people. And it's called the great feast of God. And he's going to call all the birds of the sky to the feast. And that's what this verse 28 is talking about. It says, for wherever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Yeah, the eagles the mm, carcass mm, going to be gathered together. They're gonna, the eagles are going to come to eat on the, the flesh of captains and of, of, of generals and, and horses and, and all of that. People on the earth who took the mark of the beast and who were not saved. And Jesus is going to start executing judgment. So that's what that verse means. And it, it elaborates on that in um, uh, Revelation chapter 19. And uh, I just I might want to read that real quick. It's just a couple of verses, if, if not just one. Revelation 19. And um, I believe it's uh, first starting at verse 17. Revelation 19, verse 17. And, uh, and John says, And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying, to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And so <clears throat> that's that's going to be a part of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus is going to start executing judgment and the fowls of the air are going to start eating the flesh. Okay, we're going to stop right there. Um, we're going to call this part one of uh, Matthew chapter 24. If you have any questions or comment and you want to elaborate on it, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at mouthswordministries at gmail.com. That's mouthswordministries at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comment, or you want to uh, uh, us to talk about something else Bible-related, we would like to hear from you. Okay, uh, I'm your host, Timothy Aaron, and I'm joined with... Rhonda Kay. And we're going to stop right there for now, and we're going to end in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for your word. Uh, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for dying on the cross for the sins of the world. Uh, we we, we are really grateful for that because if you hadn't did that, we'd be lost forever and condemned. But because you died on the cross, we are saved. Uh, we just ask that you uh, help people who are hurting, people who are in despair, people who need a touch from you, that you meet them where they are. And uh, we just ask that you um, get us ready, get us ready for the end times, get us ready uh, to walk upright before you so that we can make it to the end and be saved. These things we ask in the mighty, wonderful, precious name of Jesus. We give you praise always and forever. Blessed, blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen.